The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Welcome to the I Big Footy the podcast. Rick Newenhoven here, owner of New Vision, also Acker Fishing. Rick, also Acker Pueket, which is a long story for you guys that don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, we're, we're coming back again with thick-skinned after a, a brutal defeat on the weekend. Uh, tonight, once again, I've got joining me uh, the fat man himself. Bevo, how are you going? <laughs> G'day, mate. Going well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm going with the flow and the beers made it a bit easier yesterday. That's all I'll say. And as always, <laughs> joining Bevo and myself, we have Cam... Marin from Sports Day FM, <laughs> uh, who does the Saturday show in Perth. How are you, Cam? I'm great, mate. Great intro there, by the way, too. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks, uh, Rick. <laughs> so just for those listening... You're a Cameron, smart ass. <laughs> Cameron, Cameron keeps giving me stick for um, calling him Cameron because he feels like he's going to get in trouble by his mum. So uh, that's, the, that's the inner parent in me, Cameron. I just need to do those sort of things. Uh, good on you, mate. Good on you. And we need a, Hey, we what's need with to... this... Um... Yeah. What's with the fishing rig? What's with this fishing rig business, man? I've never heard that before. Uh, that's, well, that's my handle since 2007 on Big yeah. Footy, but it was oh. also my handle um, when I the website called Fishing SA, and uh, which oh, I, yeah. I I joined in 2004, but uh, I wasn't a conformist, and they punted me and blocked me from that. From that forum, outrageous! I've never been blocked for, by a forum before, and it was all wow. Over. And here's a here's an interesting story. It was all over because they're a G-rated site, right? And I used to own a farm, and I had a pet sheep, and uh, my pet sheep used to be a frisky bugger, and so I my I had my a picture, a classic picture of my pet sheep, whose name was Rambo or is Rambo, and he was uh, he was trying to mount my dog at the time, whose name was Rocky. And uh, you don't see you don't see anything outside of a sheep just jumping on the back of a uh, of a big uh, a big feral dog. And uh, I just thought it was humorous. My kids thought it was humorous, and so I used to make that my avatar. And uh, and that website blocked me because they said it was sexually explicit. And I was like, come on. Come on. <laughs> hey. Do probably those, blokes, um, probably on, those lefties or feminists like, um, that we have in this world that you know want to have uh, traffic lights with with skirts rather than um, the little man. <laughs> Did one of you blokes just flush the toilet then? No, but I am in. I, I'm, I'm. We're looking for a house since we got back from the states, and I'm living with my father temporarily while we're getting a new place. Right. And right. tonight I'm doing the show from his kitchen. And the dishwasher okay. is on, right? So, oh, that's what it was. But if I need to go, I will take you guys with me. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right. Good work. So anyway, let's, uh, let's get stuck into it. It's a big week in, uh, in football for poor and for the, the AFL. We had, some, uh, we had some great results. I guess the, the most controversial one is the, the, the amazing game between Geelong and uh, Melbourne which ended up being a, a goal after the siren um, to Geelong. Uh, Melbourne sort of fluffed it. And then obviously the big ruckus or the big fisticuff at the end of the game, which 
uh, really is not on. Uh, how did you guys see it? Cam, what did you think of it all? Uh, actually, well, yeah, let's talk about that fight. Jeez, imagine if that had happened at Adelaide Oval. Jeez, uh, it would have got uh, pretty big coverage. Um, so, yeah, that uh, it was good to see it happen at a Victorian ground this time. Um, but what a finish. <laughs> yeah. Well, what a finish, though, eh? Like, that was, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, they lost a game when Harry Taylor was lining up for a goal, kick on the siren, and uh, this time they beat Melbourne and and did us a favour in the process. So that was great. Do you know the funniest thing, boys? I'm not too sure if you remember this, but round one, Melbourne played against the Cats, and Melbourne, it's the second time this year that Melbourne lost by under a kick against the Cats because the very first game they played, it was an absolute belter. Remember Maxi Gorn took that mark, and he was about 10 metres out, and and he shanked it. And Melbourne should have won that game exactly the same as the game against the Cats on Saturday night. So there's two games there that they've lost to the Cats, you know, in really close circumstances that, you know, could cost them a finals berth. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I just think, like, I guess the fighting incidents are all on topic and, you know, in, around media circles. And But I guess we just as supporters need to chill out, don't we, right? I don't know if it was fueled by that's alcohol right. or whatever, but... You know, it's a game. I always say to people, you know, footy divides and cricket unites Australia. And, uh, you know, for all the greatness of footy um, can do and in the community, you know, the, these small, uh, these big D actions by a small group of people can leave a lasting legacy, which is in a bad way. So, you know, hopefully yeah. you can just chill out a little bit. Yeah, you're right, Rick. The th- my, my two cents for what it's worth is that, at the end of the day, 95%, even 98% of people do the right thing at footy. You know, why why ruin it for the, all the, the people that do the right things, which is the majority of people, for these like minority of idiots that are carrying on like this? And this talk about segregating the crowds and, you know, like next week, obviously, Port play the Crows. And I think it's fantastic and great for our game. Like, you've got banter, but most of the time it's just for a bit of fun and no one takes it too seriously. Um, and it's, I think it's fantastic that Crows and Port can actually sit next to each other or, you know, in close vicinity to each other. And it would just be horrible if in the future they decide to bring in rules where, say, Port and the Crows sit in different opposite ends of the ground or whoever the op- opposition team is. Like, I just think, yeah, leave it as it is. You've got a, a small minority of idiots that are, are ruining it for others. Um, find these people, like ban them for life or ban them for a few years, whatever it might be, depending on how serious what they did was, and move on. What do you guys think? Yeah, they, these spot fires have been happening at games forever. It's just now we've got phones to um, to film them on. So, oh, look, you, I, I don't really think it's any different to the past. And, yeah, as you say, I almost think it would make it worse if you segregated supporters because, yeah, it, look, it, it, half of the fun of it is having a bit of banter. And uh, yeah, I, I almost think it would be worse if, if they did do that. You know, you sit over there, you sit over there. It, it would almost just create a bigger divide i would think so i think it's great that we all sit amongst all sit amongst each other so yeah it's it's funny. yeah so i was just going to say sorry mate um yeah. it's funny because adelaide united and melbourne victory is a good example of that cam i'm um, sorry rick i just wanted to mention this um because they you know melbourne melbourne victory sit by themselves away from adelaide united but you know adelaide united and melbourne victory hate each other and it ends up being a situation where actually adelaide united people want to bait the Melbourne Victory supporters and they're even more tempted to do it because they're separated. If they actually sat together, then probably wouldn't happen. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, they just take it. So, they take it to the streets after the game. That's the real difference, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's for, right. Yeah. So if the, yeah. those troublemakers are going to do it regardless. So um, I guess the other big Bottom. result is the fight for fourth spot, and Sydney went down to the uh, the Gold Coast Suns. I mean, I've been saying for a while. Um, I haven't I haven't rated Sydney. I think they look cooked. They look a bit slow. Um, and we'll talk about ourselves in a minute. But uh, that four spots, uh, it's there for the taking for any team that wants it. GWS are only two points behind. Melbourne and Hawthorne are only a game behind it as well. So, uh, but well done, Gold Coast. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that was incredible, great. wasn't it? Did, yeah. I mean, when, when the Suns were down by 29 points in the first quarter, who would have given them a chance? You know, they're missing all their key players, like seven or eight of their best team. And um, our boy Aaron Young kicked four goals. Wasn't that just fantastic? For them, it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Buddy was particularly quite, uh, you know, Buddy didn't score a lot either. And, uh, yeah, you, you're quite right with Sydney. I mean, they're, they're up there as they usually are, but uh, quite hot and cold. Uh, you, you mentioned that fourth spot's up for grabs. It seems that the Giants are the only team who actually want it. Yeah, good, good point, Cam. Yeah, well, look, they're going to be a threat when you think they're missing their two key forwards. One's out for the season. One will be back uh, with the suspension. Um, they're also missing one of their experienced prime midfielders in uh, Ryan Griffin. They've got a lot of depth there in their team, and uh, they're mightily impressive. And, uh, yeah, I can see their winning run is going to continue um, with their march to the finals. So uh, Port or Sydney, in that regard, are need, going to need to up the ante in their performance. And uh, I guess time will tell whether they can do that. Yeah, yeah great. Right. Yeah. Now, Rick, you're you're um you're not so confident, mate. You don't you don't think we'll play finals, but Cam and I sort of we we we're positive about it. I don't know what 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 is it that sort of worries you about Port that makes you think we're not going to play finals, mate? Oh well, we can go into the game and uh, just a quick summary. It was the Giants beat Port Adelaide eighty uh, to fifty eight, and uh, hey, I just lost my game by quarter by quarter. Stats, which is outrageous because uh, <laughs> that, uh, that was quite handy. But basically, if you think about it, it's our ability to score. So the disposals for the game were 366 to 370, so pretty much the same. Free kicks were the same. We got smashed in the clearances 52 to 30. Inside 50s were up. Uh, contested possessions, we were smashed as well, 129 to 160. Uh, and the rest, and obviously hitouts, uh, we were dominated there too because we didn't play a Ruckman. Um, but I think the biggest problem for us is our ability to score. Um, we went through two periods in that game where we only scored, well, we didn't score for like 30 minutes, right? We scored the first goal quickly, then we didn't score again for about a 30-minute block. Then we had a couple of goals, and then we didn't score again for another 30-minute block. And that seems to be a trend for us this season, which is we just can't consistently score. And against the better sides, they're able to get a bit of a run on and we can't peg it back. And that's been a systematic problem for Port Adelaide probably since 2015. Um, but this year, we seem to be very, very defensive. Uh, we've lost that two-and-a-half goal differential from this year to last year, which means we're definitely not attacking as much. And our rebound coming out of defence is a real, real problem for our footy team at this point in time. Our attracting, attacking drive, and when we do try, we don't seem to have a forward structure in place which results in us kicking more so to defenders 
and that seems a problem. Now, this has been consistent, our patterns, wins or losses. The only difference is the wins mask it because we're able to kick uh, a flurry of goals such, such as like five to a seven goal burst, which gives us a break and enough of a momentum to win. Now, like I said earlier, against the better teams, we're not able to get that massive run on and then we're not able to score consistently to peg ourselves back into the game. That's my thoughts on it. Can we, can we overcome it? Maybe, but I just haven't seen a trend over the last eight games, even though we've been still one of the more form sides, to beat that trend which I see in the state of the game. Come at me, Cameron, if you want to go first, or Bevo, who wants to take me on? I'll let Cam go first. <laughs> oh, look, I'm I'm going to sort of say more. Look, and on some of these things, I, I kind of agree. I'll talk a little bit about, yeah, my observations of, of yesterday's game. Now, um, you, and and a little bit to do with our season. So you can't argue with the fact that yeah, look, we're we're down about twelve points on average from last year in our our scoring. Um, we have in improved our defence by three points. So last year, I think we were the second best defence in the comp. We've improved our defence a little bit. But you're quite right. Our forward drive is... We've we've got a real problem. Now, we recruited a team who will kick more goals. And we've gone backwards. The uh, On... Sunday, obviously, I was watching the game on a screen, so I couldn't see the game properly. But, Bev, I was actually going to message you and say, are the Giants playing an extra player in defence? Which I believe it turns out they were. And we even played a, we, we even played players a little bit deeper this week as well, a bit deeper in the forward line. And we were still kicking to opposition players. We couldn't mark it. We were really struggling in that point. In the last quarter where we had the ball bottled up in the, in the 50 metres and we, we couldn't score, I was absolutely tearing my hair out. So, look, I, I think <laughs> we're, we're still going to play finals, but, but we, need to, we need to be able to score. That's our biggest problem. Now, in defence, like I said, we, we've come quite good in that, that, that you know, no-name defence as, as they're so called um, is doing a great job and even I thought Jasper Pittard added some good run to it um, so our defence is holding up strong going really well but yes our forwards are really our, our forwards and our entry inside forward is re- has really become a problem for us at the moment Bevo yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I think I mean you hit the nail on the head yesterday before when you said that the inside 50s were 68 to 61 because that was, you know, concerned last year in the finals against West Coast. We had more inside 50s than West Coast did, but we just couldn't score. And the same kind of thing happened yesterday. But I think that I haven't actually seen the stats for the first half versus the second half. But I think when, when Dixon went forward, we were a lot better structurally. And I think, yeah, Hinkley's probably feels like he's made a big mistake there by not playing Frampton because Dixon clearly is not a ruckman. You know, he plays so well as a forward and you need to keep him forward as much as you can. So that was probably one of the differences in the second half. In terms of the game itself, yeah, obviously the Giants were really good in the first half and then we showed they were able to match him in the second, but we weren't able to, you know, again, weren't able to score and um, didn't make the most of our opportunities. But 
I still feel like once we get Ryder back into our side, Jonas back into our side, hopefully Marshall. Um, I was trying to think who else. Um, that's probably the main ones. Oh, Mott's as well, obviously. They're four pretty important players to come back in. I think we're definitely good enough to play finals and contend. Uh, um, I'd like to see what you guys think about our next five, which ones will win or which ones will lose. But, I mean, I, I've, obviously I think we'll beat the Dogs this week. The Crows is a 50-50 and then the other games, you know, are tough. But if this is the way I look at it. If, if Port's good enough, then they'll play finals. And if we make the finals, then anything could happen. We've seen that in recent years, the Dogs back in 2016, you know, like um, – it doesn't matter where you finish on the ladder. Obviously, Richmond are one of the one of the real favourites. But if, say we finish fourth or something, and we play at Richmond at the MCG in the very first final. Richmond will go into that game as a hot favourite, but they'll be under pressure because there's so much expectation for them to win. So you never know what could happen. So um, we just got to get there and hopefully we finish top four. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not writing our season just off. Uh, yeah, okay, the last couple of weeks have been a bit disappointing, Rick, but this year, it's one of those seasons, and, and Ken said it. He said, we're not the only ones that are in a finals, you know, or race to the finals. That A lot of teams play each other. You know, Collingwood play Richmond this week, Sydney play Essendon. So there's the run home is not just us. There's lots of teams that play each other. So it's it, anything could happen. We could finish as high as third or fourth or as low as nine or tenth. So our destiny is really in our own hands. I'm confident that we can make it and we can still contest, you know, be a contender this year, but we'll just have to wait and see. So what do you think, Rick? We've got got a tough run home too. We've got West Coast, which, you know, they've been our bogey side over here. Uh, We've got Adelaide over here, which they're starting to build some momentum. So they're not going to be easy too with their home game. So I don't think that's a fait accompli. Uh, Essendon even here is going to be a challenge. So we've got a lot of 50-50 games and, and people are already bookmarking the Bulldogs as a as a write down win, and uh, I'm not necessarily convinced. And we've got our regular listeners, which I greatly appreciate, tuning in, Ian and Windy Runner, and both of them made comment on our skills, and that was one of the biggest takeaways. And I think that um, that also causes um, an issue or a lack of cohesion with our with our defensive midfield group with the forwards because. When we've got players, and I'll use this as an example just because I remember it, it stood out to me, but Sam Gray in the open and a player running past and he handballs it to his feet, right? That's just, that's amateur level football, not AFL football. And what it does, it then causes a fumble. Uh, the, the forwards mistime their leads, expecting clean disposal and then a, and then a kick direct. Um, so then what happens is we get this uh, bomb it up in the air under pressure when players are fumbling and the forwards, instead of leading for the ball, are wrestling to take a mark. Uh, and that's been probably one of the biggest takeaways. And, you know, we've been reasonably okay with our skills up until probably five weeks ago. Now, I don't know if it's just the winter component coming in or, you know, some people think that we do, we're doing the higher loading of our training, which obviously puts a bit of wear and tear on the boys uh, physically. Uh, leading up into finals, but uh, whatever it is, um, we really need to work on our skills because um, if we don't fix it, we will be in trouble. But I'm with you. It's not It's not over. I'd rather be in our position than, say, the Crows and Essendon, that's for sure, where, you know, they're, they're out of it. So uh, we've got a bit of 
bit of benefit of being two games up in and fighting still for that top four spot. I just hope, boys, that not like unlike last year, that we can make top four and when I'm not another uh, fifth or sixth place side, which has been uh, what three times for Ken. So uh, yeah, it would be nice to yeah. get that top four yeah, opportunity. I'd yeah, I agree. Yeah. And um, I just want to just want to add as well. There was a situation in the last quarter where Bokey had it, and and you were right, Rick. And oh, maybe it is the training. Maybe they're getting flogged on the track. We don't know. But there was a situation where Bokey was in the open, and he he passed it at Dixon's feet. And it was like, yeah, just you can't expect a, the big fella just to bend down like that when he's got Dick, uh, got Phil Davis on his hammer. So you, that's. The skill level definitely cost us yesterday as well. And and Dixon uh, dropping a, a fairly simple mark out in front of him, but I, I don't think helped. But there, there's a couple of things that need to happen. And, and from the skills point of view, I heard Graham Corn say this today as well. Um, there's quite possibly a chance that there's not, not enough match simulation training. And that is so real hard and fast, under pressure sort of stuff, because that's where we're struggling. You, you, you look at um, Pollock and Bar- Oak and, and Rocky and these guys, their disposal hasn't been great, but they're getting a lot of the hard ball. So the, that needs to be worked on. Now, also, some changes need to be made around. I mean, why are we keeping Eamon in the side? Um, yeah, Sam Gray. It's, 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 <laughs> no, well, hang on a sec. I'll talk about him. Sam Gray. I'm glad you brought him up. <laughs> Sam Gray he needs to, to have a bit of a look at things. Now, Peter... Yeah. What I'll say was our second player for metres gained yesterday. So, what he was doing was taking the game. Turning the ball over. But every player was turning the ball over. At least Pittard will have a run and go for it and do something where a lot of others stop and chip. So, I'll give Pittard. And, and, you know, if I'd be a lot happier. Yeah, I guess so. But then, you know, six clangers in the first quarter. Oh, yeah. I, I, know, I know he's taking the game on, but that hurts you, mate. And, and you know, we, we, the turnovers just cost us badly yesterday, especially in that first term. But, and Pittard was one of the main culprits. So, but it yeah. wasn't just Pittard. It was, you look at um, Wines and Pal Pepper and Boke and these guys, they were all doing it, but at least Pittard was gaining metres as well. Also, don't get me wrong, the, the turnover is completely frustrating. Um, and if it, if it wasn't, if, if some of these other players were also gaining the metres that Pittard was, I'd say, yeah, right, Pittard not up to standard. If, if they were doing it and they were hitting targets, fine. But the thing is, at least he's taking it on and he's having a go and he's running and bouncing. So, um, you know, at least he's not stagnant like a lot of our other guys are. So I'll give that to Pittard in his defence for for yesterday's game. Ian's got a good yeah, question. Yeah, fair enough. What about He said, mm. are we slow by foot mm. and hand or are we slow by leg speed? What do you reckon, Bevo? Oh, yeah, good question. Um, I know we've got a lot of tough inside mids, and this question was raised today as well um, on the, the you know, sports stations I was listening to. Um, and, yeah, we do have a lot of good, solid inside mids like Ebert, Winesy, 
Power Pepper, Boke, these sort of guys, um, just to name a few. But maybe outside run is something that we're lacking. I mean, Pollock was sensational yesterday, definitely our best player in my opinion, and um, by a fair way as well. And, you know, we, we really miss Motlop. That cost us because Trengove, his skill level is, is terrific, probably one of the best kicks in our team, but just just doesn't have the speed that Motlop does and the run and carry we really miss that, especially against a fast team like the Giants. So maybe that is something that we need to look at over the preseason is to try and recruit someone that's got a bit more speed. I know Bonner was out yesterday as well. He sort of gives us a fair bit of run. Um, but, yeah, that, that's something that, yeah, yeah probably, probably something to wear. Like, what do you guys think on that one? Oh, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, we, we do at times lack a bit of um, a bit of outside run. I know last week in particular, say, Polly would get the ball uh, under pressure and there was all he could really do was bang it on, on his boot because there was no one coming past. Um, but we got some reasonably quick players too with, you know, Motlop, um, I, you know, Darcy Ben-Jones runs around a fair bit, um, as you say, Bonner. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't really thought long and hard about it. Uh, I suppose you're right. Boke and, um, uh, Boke and Rocky and that are a bit slower, but, uh, yeah, maybe we're slower by foot. Look, I, I think, yeah, I'm with you, Cam. I think when you move the ball well, you look fast regardless, mm. right? And even though <laughs> Sam, Sam Mitchell used to run slower than a bloody slug, but he still, yeah. he still looked quick, right? Because he knew where to get yep. the ball yeah. and he knew where to put the ball. And and I think yeah, I, yeah, I think we've got some true. fast players, but even those fast players at the moment look slow. Like Carl Ammon's supposed to be a fast player, and uh, and at the moment he doesn't look quick either. The, he had one good passage of play yesterday where he got open on the wing. He had good delivery to him, and then he was able to do. Uh, he was able to implement good delivery inside 50. Now, that makes it look fast, but we're not moving the ball fast enough. And we, I think we're over-possessing a little bit. We're trying to be too perfect in finding that ideal free man at times, which then results in the opposition to able to get back a little bit more in numbers, which clogs up our forward line and makes it a little bit more difficult. And uh, the other thing too is, I guess, I, I feel like Dixon is... He wants to rely on his strength and his contests a little bit too much rather than leading. And, I mean, line up on his debut, I thought he was serviceable, had a good game. You know, it's made him made yeah. Dixon lead to the ball, and Dixon actually took a great mark on the lead and slotted the goal. That was awesome. As we needed, right? And our, Yeah. But I don't think uh, Dixon is working hard enough, long enough doing that, and is instead trying to use his body strength. And it looks great when he does it, but obviously it's a lot harder to do that than it is leading and getting a ball on a lead. Because if he gets a ball on a lead, who's going to be able to stop a guy that's six foot nine on a lead full tilt? Um, hardly anybody. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Nah, well said. That was, a, that was probably one of the best, best moments of the game. I reckon you hit the nail on the head there. Rick, you know, line in his first game, who was just, you know, fantastic. I, I had him as one of our best players. And um, I think Timmy Juniver gave him two votes or one vote or something anyway. Um, but, yeah, I thought he he looked like a, a guy that had been playing 100 games. He was fantastic down back and certainly someone to, um, yeah, like something to get excited about, I guess, in the last couple of weeks haven't been so good. But, yeah, his form was terrific. And that, that moment where, like, like you said, 
he was running. He provided lots of run and carry and with his great leg. We need to see more of that in the next few weeks. We need to see Charlie leading and, and hitting him out like, like that. That was just terrific. So, yeah, it makes you wonder. It's like, why can't they do it more often? But then I guess, yeah, like I said, it does come down to pressure and, and poor disposal. And you do have to feel for our forwards like you guys like Jack Watts. Jack Watts copped so much criticism, but, you know, like it's just it's, you've got to feel for the guy when our disposal is so bad. Um, I played a lot of footy myself, and if the midfielders can't kick, then how are you supposed to lead up and the ball goes over your head and all over the place and makes it easy for defenders? And, yeah, so I do feel sorry for our forwards sometimes. Yeah, actually going back to Leanit, I initially when he came on, he, he got a number of disposals, and I, I felt he was a little bit conservative to start with, which I, I didn't mind. You're going you're gonna to do that particularly in your first game. But then when, he, um, then when he put that one out in front of Charlie, I thought, no, this, this kid's all right. So, no, nah, good, good on him. That was great. I think Charlie did, particularly close to the end of the game, suffered a bit for the fact that he'd uh, spent a lot of time in the ruck early in the game. He was yeah. pretty – he was. He seemed pretty exhausted close to the end, and I just think that that might have affected his work rate. I think probably a good lesson from that for next week in that we know, okay, keep Charlie down in the forward line, and if he can start – Performing like that and and taking the game on again, like like I've said to you several times, Bevan. Um, you know, we, we should see a, a really good effort. You know, we, we should see strong performance from him. Yeah, definitely. And what do you guys think as well? Um, the the first the first sort of first half was that our structure was really bad, wasn't it? Like going into that game with with no ruckman, it just seemed to be a case of we'd bomb it in and and we'd have a small forward line, so it just didn't work at all and the guys like Davis and Whitfield had a field day in that first half. Yeah, it was terrible. We seemed quite well outnumbered in defence. And as you say, we really did lack height and it didn't work. It was it was was like a field day for their defenders. A bit like the Maggies on Saturday. We'll talk about that, I guess, later on. But... <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah. Oh. That's, that's probably one of the biggest points of conjecture for the fans and the coaching group is... You know, the coaches, uh, some, the fans are calling it stubbornness um, in wanting to uh, not select uh, another specialist ruckman, e.g. Billy Frampton. He's probably our only choice at the moment, or he's probably ahead of Laddams on form. I, I know he had a good game on the weekend, um, but he is, uh, yeah, I mean, we looked a lot better once we moved Dougal Howard into the ruck, and we, we sort of started to, we broke a little bit more even and kicked a few more goals. Um, yeah, I think really Kenton has to look at what he's doing here because it did throw us off structurally. And, um, yeah, it was it was one of those things. I know uh, just on Lonat, um, Wendy Runner said he also went at 93% disposal efficiency. So great game from him. Uh, and Ian also, which was a key point in the game, were making that monumental charge back. And I was thinking, here we go, we, we might... Uh, we might actually come back into this one. Uh, some people think it was controversial. I don't. I thought, sure, uh, that was an intentional uh, or deliberate act to, to run that ball through the point post. He, he sort of had two options, out of bounds or the point post, and he took one of them, and he got, he got dobbed in for uh, intentional, which I thought was right. And then the controversial one was um, Chad <laughs> with that touch. Now, um, I'll be wel- I'll welcome your feedback here. Uh, yeah, I thought Davis 
was too close and wasn't within 10 metres. And I do agree with Ian also, though. I did, I did think that Chad probably should have gone back a little bit further to give himself more space from those players trying to uh, crowd him from having that set shot. Uh, Ian also thinks that maybe Chad is doing too many dumb things at the moment and not thinking those things through. Is his head completely there? I know my mate Timsey, big Port fan, he, he, he reckons big call, drop Chad. Don't know if that's going to happen, but... What are you what are you guys thinking, Cameron, of that of that incident that happened with that goal which really broke the momentum for Port? Oh sorry, you're talking about the uh, the free kick to Chad, aren't you? Yeah, the touch the touch yeah, goal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I thought that was that was really poor umpiring. Uh, I mean, it was touch, but I mean what was he, three, four metres away from the mark? You, aren't you meant to give ten? It was like, and even I was watching it thinking, is he going to pull him back? It was like he had two players standing on the mark. I mean, they've given away 50-metre penalties for a lot worse this season. That was just terrible. And it would have had us, what, within three points or something. And we had all the momentum going our way. That, it, 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 it was very disappointing. And it really, um, it really changed, helped change the course of the game. Yeah, but the thing is, though, I agree with you, Cam, but you can't really blame one incident, though, like, you know, we cost ourselves the game by poor poor kicking efficiency. When you're getting guys like Wines, Ebert, Boak that are going at 30, 38% or something like that, that's just ridiculous. You're never going to win games of footy like that. Yeah, but, but still it happened. And, okay, whether or not we won, and, okay, we're just sort of trying to foresee the future here, but um, we really have momentum in that. And sometimes there can be a mark. And, and of course, we, we lost the game and deserved to lose. But if that particular moment had had happened as it should have, well, we might have won, and that was yeah. the oppo- that was the opportunity I felt that was taken away from us. Don't get me wrong; we, we lost the game, but you know when we had an opportunity, that was it. Yep. Yeah. No. Nah, fair enough. What, what about what do you think, Rick? Yeah. No, I'm with Cameron. I, poor umpiring, and uh, it really affected our. Um, our momentum. Now, if we had a lot of intestinal fortitude, that wouldn't have stopped us and we would have still maximised that momentum and gone on to win the game. Uh, but it didn't work out that way. But, I mean, you think about it, you know, we kicked one goal first quarter, two goals second quarter, three goal third and one goal fourth. And that's really why we didn't win, right? Because we can't, that's right. Win, yep. you can't win a game with two one goal goal quarters but you know but that didn't help and you know but I don't think we can go around blaming the umpires Uh, I know Port supporters get caught up in doing that quite often and think that the world's against us but um, there's a lot more going on than the umpires and I I think if we used our clean disposal clean uh, yeah dishwasher just finished uh, Windy Runner so we should be all good now except unless my (laughs) my dad might stand up shortly he's got the headphones on listening to the TV he might stand up and start emptying it that might be another another problem we might encounter shortly hey that's the primitiveness we've got of uh, of Port Van Radio compared to a commercial radio station I don't have the luxury of you you professionals but um, but yes I think they're they're some of the big issues now I guess the other big issue is no Ryder, no Jonas. Are those two players the two most important players for us at this point in time? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I believe they are. Now we can I, we can win okay without Jonas, uh, but we absolutely need Ryder, and so um, I, I think that it's really I think it's really important that we have these two guys coming up towards the end of the season. Do surely France must play this week, doesn't he, boys? Yeah, I reckon. Watching him, watching him on Saturday. Uh, so watching that Portland L game, I actually felt it was it was probably he looked determined. Um, he really looked ready, and I even commented to my son at one stage. There was something that happened where um, I don't know. He might have given a free kick away, or he might have got the free kick. I can't remember, but I remember saying to my son, "Oh, um, about two months ago, he would have just been bumped out of that con." Contest and not even in, not even in it. And he just, he does now look like he's he's gotten a bit, he's gotten physically stronger. Um, he's gotten a bit better around it. He even kicked a couple of goals. So, so uh, you know, I I think why not? Yeah, I've got nothing to lose. What do you think? What do you think, Rico? Yeah, look, I really would love Frampton coming back into the game uh, this week uh, if, if Ryder's unavailable. We need that ruck structure. I mean. None of those players, Dougal, Dixon, Westhoff, are really or Ollie Wines, are really Ruckman. Or Ebert. Or Ebert. And all it's doing is just throwing all our bloody structures uh, Yeah. Yeah, and we might as well have someone that's just, even if they're yep. competing and trying to nullify, better than, uh, you know, better than these poor guys potentially getting injured, going in there and throwing, uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, and I guess against the Bulldogs... Uh, I don't know what you mean by Frampton's going to get trolled this weekend, but uh, what people are going to tease him or something for playing? But uh, yeah, against the Bulldogs who don't really have a strong number one ruck, you think that this is the time for Frampton to come in and and shine. I know a lot of the big footy posters think that Frampton plays more of a style of a second ruck and come forward, but even if that's the case, I think we can still use that play. Yep. Yeah. yeah look, you, you're right. Now. Uh, Dougal might not be playing this week because of the hand injury. Mm-hmm. And um, the Bulldogs are bottom for uh, hitouts in the competition. So they, they sit last, the hitout stats. I, I think this is the game for Frampton. And, and it's true. Look, he does. I think he is more of the, the backup style player. Uh, come forward, probably a little bit similar. to I, I, I sort of think of Nathan Vardy at, at West Coast. Um, but now's the time, as good as any. A couple of weeks ago, you know, a little while back, I, I, I could, you could start to see the improvement in him in the SANFL um, as the weeks have gone by. But watching him this week against Glenelg, he, he did look like he, he's certainly taken a step where he's almost where he's about ready, particularly yeah. where we're at. So yeah, I agree. I reckon Farrell should play this week too, boys. What do you think about that? No. No. <laughs> nah, my my only issue with Farrell is if if we're bringing in um, if we're bringing in Frampton and we've just brought in Leanet last week, then we're playing with uh, a bunch of guys who we've uh, we're playing essentially debutants, and that does concern me a bit. I think we only need to make at this point of the season we're, we're not a. We're not a side that's in rebuild. We're in a side that's aiming for a premiership. So we don't have to make wholesale changes and bring in a bunch of new guys uh, like like you do when you're closer to the bottom of the ladder. So 
I yeah, don't necessarily. Enough. Yeah, and, and look, if if it wasn't for the fact that we need a tall player like we need Frampton, then I would have said bring in Farrell, perhaps for Amon or someone. But I don't think Farrell's the answer if we're bringing in Frampton, and we've already got Lenat there. So, look, that's that's just my thought on that, and. Um, yeah, I, I think there's perhaps an opportunity maybe for Bonner to come back in the side. Uh, obviously, Motlop's got to come in the side. So uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily be going and, and throwing in another first gamer at this point. Ken's yeah, a I very, guess... Ken's a very conservative, conservative selector as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're I, right. I'm with you. I can't see... Even though he might add a bit of pace, and I think Lindsay Thomas, I don't know if he's carrying a niggle, he's lost... In two weeks, he's lost that some pace that he was showing before. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm with, yeah I'm I was about to say that. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Yeah. You can't, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> but the thing is, with Lindsay, at least he brings experience and he brings niggle, right? Yep. And he yep. knows still where to position yeah, himself. Whereas Jake Need, unfortunately, he chases a lot and he, but he's always <laughs> that little bit out of position, so he doesn't impact the play. And I think that's the difference between the experience and inexperience of Jake Mead at this point in time. But, um, yeah, but I, I'm with you. I don't think they're going to bring in too many players. Um, should we go to the couple of big footy questions that we've got? Yep. Sure. Yep. Sounds right. like fun. Um, Andre wants to know, Bevo, you can go first on this one, seeing you've got a famous basketballing legend on your fat show. Um Andre wants to know, beaten up, beaten up by a basketballer as a kid, spurned by tall women in the distant past. Take your guesses as to why Ken has always been afraid to play the talls. Sure, that's a bloody good question. Um, I reckon maybe something to do with Richmond last year and how they won the premiership by having a team with a mosquito fleet. Um, other than that, <laughs> I don't really know. That's a that stumped me a bit. What do you guys think? Well, here I'll tell you something. Our average height on the weekend was 188 centimeters, and the Giants' average height was 188.7. So I don't know if he's that worried about playing tools. I know there's there's a lot of work being put into Laddams and. and um, and, and Frampton and that. So, I mean, he didn't really have much more to work with. I was listening to Brendan late earlier in the year and he was talking about the development of these guys and to be patient and they're, you know, particularly Laddams, they're not, they're going to be limited for opportunities this year and, and probably a little bit into next. So I think it's more just a, um, a long-term development thing. So, yeah, good, good question though. I yeah, I think that, I think Ken's got an agenda. I think secretly he wished to be born a six foot six player and he only got to what, five foot ten? And so <laughs> he holds a grudge against all these tall people and that, I think that's his problem. And that's why he won't come onto our show on Port Fan Radio because he knows that I'm taller than him and he just can't get over it. Right. Uh, and <laughs> maybe, maybe he won't either, maybe because we've all got hair as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be another intimidating factor. Well, I'm, I don't have that much, mate, but thanks for that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm short and I've got hair. 
but <laughs> so, yes. I'm tall and I've got lots of hair. There you go. Woohoo! I win. Well, there you go. There you go. He's, he's definitely not off. Nelson, 51. Over or under prediction for long sleeves in this weekend's triple threat cold, 10 degrees, wet, windy match we will face, face this weekend. How many long sleeves do you think we're going to have, boys? Oh, look, person, <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say 13. I, I would go 13. long sleeves. Oh, look, I, I would go long sleeves. I'd make it mandatory. That thing, if, if you're going to take a mark out in front or if it's going to hit your chest, it is going to burn your guns, that's for sure. So I would, um, I would be going long sleeves myself. So I reckon it would be more than half. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fair. Cool. What do you think, Rick? I think going, knowing Tim Ginever and the stories he's told on this show, uh, Jack Cale would be disgusted if that many players were long. Oh, really? He, he would be. Yeah, he doesn't like it. He thinks it sends a, uh, a okay. bad mental precedent. But I would say, thinking of the players, I reckon Chad definitely will have the sleeves going. Robbie will yes. probably have the sleeves yep. going. Jasper would probably Westy, have. definitely. Westy. So there's at least four. And I think. Some people believe more than five sleeves in a game, and that's uh, that's it. Game over. So uh, oh, right. we, we right. better be well, under actually, five. I'll add to this. I'm playing on Sunday. It's going to be 18 degrees with uh, 27 kilometre hour winds and 90% chance of rain, and I will be short sleeved. That's because you're a man's <laughs> man. Getting the guns out, King. So, mate, so Jack would be proud of me. You're, you're, you're the man's man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh, continue. Continue. Uh, Albert and Proud, something about snow and downhill ski. Well, look, I actually don't think Port can be labelled as downhill ski- skiers this year. We've, we've won some tough games. We've beaten Melbourne. We've beaten Richmond. We've beaten Sydney. Um, you know, what? So that's uh, fourth, first. The cows, cows. The cows and kangaroos. Yeah, kangaroos are just out of the eight now, aren't they? But anyway, I think we've beaten enough good sides to to not be labelled downhill skiers this year. What do you guys think? Do you oh. agree? Uh, when we beat those sides, they they were in the eight. So we'll, we'll take that. Um, I, I, I personally, I think we're one win short of where we should be. At the moment, but yeah, look, we, we've definitely improved uh, on last year, and and there's a bit more confidence when we come up against a, a strong side. Yeah, I agree. If you look at our season this year compared to last year, last year's draw was probably a lot easier, and this year we have like all these people that are, you know, saying sack Hinckley and blah blah blah, and we failed and yada yada yada. We're we're sitting fifth in the ladder. We're we're, we're a real chance to still finish top four. Um, so all these people that are saying we're not going to win another game this year, you know, seriously, pump the brakes, guys. We've had we've had Harlow missing for the majority of the year. We've had Jonas missing a lot of games. Brody hasn't played a game. They're three of our best defenders. Riders miss games. You know, we've had Marshall miss games. We've had lots of guys miss games this year. Everyone talks about the Collingwood and the Crows injuries and stuff. But we've had our fair share as well. And we've actually beaten some really good good size this year so I don't think it's been a fail at all I think it's, I think it's been a pretty good year and it's been a better year than last year um, and I still think we'll play finals so 
Yeah, I, I think people need to pump the brakes. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah, agree. No, we've. Um, I think we've definitely, from from that point of view, there's a number of areas we've dropped off in, like I said, with scoring uh, and that sort of thing this year. But also, look, as as we say, we've uh, there's been some really good wins, some really good mental wins, I think, um, particularly when you look at those like Sydney and and the Crows. So, oh no, look, I think we're we're certainly on the right track. I refuse to use injuries as a reason because. Really, it's been... Yep. Oh, we've had Ryder, Jonas and Hartley, right? And all teams get injuries. So we can't say, oh, you know, we've lost those three players. It's going to affect us. Well, if that's the case, well, then that's poor list management and poor coaching on our part that we can't cover. Even though they are important players, a couple of key players. We, You know, if we had six out, yeah, I get it, right? So if we had Wines out, Ryder out, Jonas out, Dixon out, um, you know, Robbie Gray out, yeah, absolutely, you know, we'd be struggling. But, you know, we should be able to cover one, two players. And Hartlett, with our abundance of half-back flakers, uh, we should, even though he was in career-best form, I thought, this year, we should still be able to to get over that one. So, um, yeah, but uh, Ian just said it's hard to be pleased with fifth um, with the way we've gone about it this season. Some good wins, I agree, but we don't kill sides off anymore. But, Ian, I guess it, it, while the boys were talking, it, it did make me think of something, and that is this is the thing that I believe still gives us hope for this season, um, where last year we did leak too many goals against the superior sides, which meant that we were always going to struggle to win those clutch games, and that showed us in the West Coast elimination final this year with a more rock solid defense um, and we've only got four or five games to go now we show that we can keep those sides down to beatable scores can we rediscover our scoring capacity in the lead up to finals that is the million dollar question boys yeah 100 percent oh sorry you were asking yes yeah, so I was I was just looking at a few stats. That's all. I was just analysing. Um, okay. The 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 question was, um, can we rediscover? Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Because we've okay. We just talked about yeah. We we don't rate. Um, yeah, we don't use injuries as a um, excuse or anything like that. No, I completely agree with that. But I think when when we get say like Ryder and um, Jonas back there. It, it just resets the structure a bit and settles everyone. Now, look, if we can start playing players where they're meant to be, and you know, we can we can be using Charlie Dixon down forward, and we can be, you know, having Watts as the backup and uh, to to him. And uh, I, I I certainly think we can rediscover that coming into the the final weeks. Now, bear in mind too, um, it was around about. At this time last year, Richmond got absolutely smashed by St Kilda, absolutely hammered, and we we know how that finished. So yeah, look, I, I certainly think um, probably a couple of losses now, putting us on a bit of shaky ground, uh, should really start to reinvigorate the team a bit. And and definitely from a coaching point of view, this is a really good opportunity for them to to see how good they are. Yeah, well said. I, 
the thing is, um, it's better to lose these games now rather than, you know, the last one or two games of the year and obviously the finals. So it's not the worst thing in the world. And, yeah, we're two games ahead of the, the idiots, uh, the clowns. So we're not in a bad situation. If we win this week, um, win the showdown next week and, and hopefully snag either maybe all of the rest of our games or at least um, maybe if we win four of our last five, then we're probably a pretty good chance to finish top four. So it'll be a pretty good result. And the last one is apparently Port have offered Polek four years and 600,000. And I guess we've had in the news North five years and 700,000. Um, so, geez, that's a fair chunk of change difference because let's say hypothetically there's no co- no more contract after four years for Jared, you know, with his, his injury history and everything else. Um, you know, that's what, 700,000 plus another 100. That's 1.1 million differential between the two contracts. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't know. I mean, for, for one, there's there's no transparency in contracts in the AFL, which makes it hard. I, I, you know, people throw these numbers around. I, I sort of think in my mind, well, look, I don't really know what that means because you, you don't know what the next person's getting paid. And, I mean, you, you get a bit of an idea. But, look, I certainly want to see Polly stay. I mean, he's, he's 25. We've offered good money to older players and, and definitely very valuable, proven players. Um, look, he, he really wanted to come to Adelaide and Port moved heaven and earth to get him there. And so I, I personally think that uh, that loyalty, and you, you don't necessarily, I, I don't necessarily expect the loyalty, but um, I think that'll probably come through with Polly. He takes me as that kind of person. I mean, for me, if I was a professional footballer, I, I'd, I'd be certainly considering the money and, and you don't have to be loyal. But... Um, yeah, Polly really wanted to come, and I sort of half expect he'll he'll probably stay. Yeah, I agree, and he loves you know he he was homesick. Why would he, you know, he loves it in Adelaide, loves it being at Port. Why would he leave? It's just I know it's the extra money, but he was him being homesick was one of his biggest reasons why he left Brisbane in the first place. Why would he go and be homesick in Melbourne? But it just doesn't make sense. Maturity. Yeah, that's that's right. Maturity, people's. What was you know, yeah, when you're younger, you look at things differently. Now, now he's getting older and his career is slowly uh, coming to a close. I mean, he's still got a bit of time in front of him, obviously. But um, you know, it's it's just one of those things now that you know, shoot, well, this is the end of my career. I got to make some coin. Um, you know, I got to do the best interests in my my family and myself. So, you know, or is it an indication that maybe he's lost a bit of faith in the the coach's game plan and thinks that there might be better potential elsewhere. Oh, we, we could read into something like that, but I mean, I, I think, uh, look, personally, you know, nothing against someone who, if, you're right, if, if he has gained that maturity and he decides to go and the money's better and everything, you, you couldn't hold that against him, that, that's for sure. Um, but look, I think at the end of the day, he'll just make a decision that, that's right for him. I hope it's with us. But, um, yeah, look, if he gets a better deal and, uh, you know, it works for him, good luck to him. So the boys, yeah, in, the fair enough. Room, the boys in the chat room are saying, should players' wages just be made public? Yeah, I think so. It, it is in, um, you know, you see it in the NFL 
and yeah, American sport and and European soccer, or yeah, soccer around the world. I, I don't know what the what the big issue is. I mean, it, it, our our memberships, I guess, are paying for them, so um, we we might as well know what the what the um, list management team etc is doing about it. So I oh, look at, I don't see why it has to be a big secret. Bevo. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see a part. I don't see a problem in it. Like Ham said, um, you we hear it all the time now what a player's contract is and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't see a problem with it at all. Actually, you know, this would be a good question to ask Phil next time he's on chewing the fat. You know, being a former coach and player, uh, albeit a different sport, it'd be interesting to hear his thoughts. You know, like from a playing perspective. You know, get Nick. Yeah, it's my personal information. Why should why should it be known? Um, so I'd, I'd sort yeah, of like, I'll ask you that. Good one. Yeah, yeah I'd, like, I'd like to hear uh, the thoughts. Uh, well, boys, yeah. great show. No time for the Maggies, which is great because I didn't see it and it was a slaughter anyway. Um, but <laughs> uh, feel free to post up on Four Fan Radio your thoughts on the uh, on the Maggies disaster. And uh, but thank you once again for your time. Uh, I'm hoping, with many fingers and toes crossed, that we're coming in next week to talk about a win and talk about how we're in the top four and how our season is just getting started because after that we've got some massive games coming up in the run home for the finals as long as we make it to the finals. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about the challenge, Rick. I, the way I look at it is that our finals starts, you know, this week. So let's, uh, let's get excited. Yeah, Rick, Rick, Rick. This is the start of the finals campaign, mate. Of course, we're going to be there. Well, hey, the one exactly. race we've got for ourselves this year, we have strung six wins in a row, which is the first time we've done that in quite some time. And if we're going to win the grand final, we need to at least string three or four games in a row. So we've got that. So there's a we've got our defensive side to our game, and we've got our uh, our winning streak. So now we just need to fix the offense, which hopefully will come with a bit more smarter and uh, sophisticated player selection, and we, we could be on our way to something. Boys, Absolutely. Have, have a great week. Enjoy your sports show on Saturday, Cameron. And Thanks, mate. Good luck with <laughs> chewing the fat, Bevo, and we'll see you next Monday. Thanks, mate. You too. We have a good week, boys. Yeah, look forward to it. Over and out. See you guys. Bye. Cheers, boys. <laughs> Bye. Well, they've got three in about five minutes here. Well done. Could you do it again? It's going and going and going home. He's kicked three. Oh.